Good evening. It's Monday night. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer, and I'm Rick Dancer. Tonight, we're going to talk about the greater Idaho movement. Um, it's moving, and it keeps moving. And I think this is one of those things that uh, the more frustrated Oregonians get, especially rural Oregonians, although I know there are a lot of people that I, every time we do a show on this, uh, people from other communities that are not in the area that would join Idaho if this happened, um, also say, can we join? Can we join? So what, what's, I'll have Mike come on here to kind of explain, but what they're trying to do is uh, see if there's enough interest in uh, certain parts of Oregon to uh, change the border and join sections of Oregon with the state of Idaho. Yes, it's a big, a big, big project, um, but it's got a lot of people talking and the more frustrated they get, the more they talk. So I'm going to bring on Mike right now. This is Mike McCarter. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us on. Oh, you're welcome. So, um, oh, I forgot to say, you guys, this show is sponsored by the Buck Stops here because Scott and Lisa well believe that we should be talking about all kinds of things. They don't have to agree with us. And they, that's, not the, that's not the reason you talk about stuff. They just think we should be talking about things that are going on in Oregon, and that's what our viewers love. And I understand, Mike, this is what I tell people every time. If you go to the place and they ha don't have a Bucks Porta Potty, I don't expect you to hold it until you find one. But if you are having an event and you are looking for something or you work for a government organization and they're looking for Porta Potties, please, what you do for me, that we can continue to do our stuff if you continue to support our clients. So, Mike, let's get into it. So, tell me the newest thing. There was a survey I saw on a press release you guys sent out, survey done, and what did it say? You know, basically, it was a survey. We didn't start it or initiate it. Um, it just came out of the blue uh, because, like you say, the movement has is, is got incredible momentum going. And they picked up on it, and they wanted to find out what people in Oregon thought about it. So who um, did the survey? Who did it? Um, I know the acronym, OV, OVP, uh, you know, I can't even remember which, which, what the actual name of it was, okay. you know. But uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a political-based type opinion or anything like that. It was more of uh, just generic. And... It, it came out almost a 50-50. It was heavily uh, populated by the Willamette Valley. Uh, and so it, it leaned a little bit more that way. But uh, all in all, it, it gave us an indication that our battle is not a battle against people who are against us. Our battle is trying to get the word out, trying, trying to get the facts out about what we're trying to do. Um, a lot of the media looks at this and says, well, this is a secession vote. These counties are voting to leave Oregon. And, and in fact, that's not what it is. It, it is a vote to say, if you're interested in starting to look at the possibility of your county becoming a county of Idaho. So it, it, it's just a beginning process of open up the discussions. Um, but, you know, people people are, are, are given their opinions based on emotions more than anything. Right. And I think what I've seen with people is they'll go, well, if people don't want if they don't like it here, they should just move to Idaho themselves. Your answer to that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, many of us are, are multi-generational in Oregon in the same land. We're, we're attached to our land. We're attached to our communities. We're attached to our schools. 
we love where we live with it. And, and you know, folks, Oregon is a beautiful state. It really is. On it, but the problem we're having is is with the governance of Oregon in the direction that they're they're trying to take the whole state. And so we're saying, if you don't want to listen to our concerns, if you don't want to listen to our representatives, then let us go and let us be governed by another another government, which in this case, we're blessed to have a, a traditional value government like in Idaho. So um, somebody, Red Spiral Hand is Gold Beach and Curry County. Are they part of this? Yes, they are. Uh, Curry County has got a petition going right now down there to be part of it. And I've had some conversation with a couple of the county commissioners down there. And they, they, they've heard about it. They understand what's going on with it. Uh, Curry County is involved in it. Jackson, Josephine, Douglas. However, Coos County has refused a petition. They say it's not legislative and we're not going to allow it. So if the people of Coos County want to be, want to have the opportunity to speak out and to vote on this issue, then they need to contact their county commissioners. So, and tell people, because you're, uh, this week, uh, Crook County, tell them kind of, you've had some problems getting to the Crook County commissioners through to them. Um, so tell, tell people kind of the, the people are speaking and they're doing it themselves. Yeah, um, we petitioned all of the counties in rural Oregon beginning in January and February of last year of 2020. They, they look at the petition and they say, okay, the petition's got to be legislative and not administrative. 15 counties approved the petition. And their little verbiage was a little bit different based on their, their uh, county rules. Crook County refused the petition six times, changing the wording around that type of thing. And at that point, the Oregon election guides say, okay, your next step is if you disagree with that, you need to take it to the circuit court of Crook County. And we did. We lost in the circuit court of Crook County. At that particular point, Move Oregon's border was out of the issue. There was nothing more that we could do. But the citizens of Crook County started watching Baker, Grant, Mallier, Lake, Sherman, all these other counties that the people had an opportunity to vote. And so they said, well, we want that opportunity too. Um, our recommendation was start an unofficial petition and take that to the commissioners. We have heard that they've got over a thousand signatures wow. that they're taking it to the Crook County commissioners and saying, we want to have a chance to vote on this issue. And to date, uh, the last couple of meetings that I've sat in on, they are not allowing that. So this coming Wednesday morning, it's open to the public. And uh, I'm telling you what, I feel bad for the county commissioners there because the frustrations that people are having with the federal government, with the state government, with the county government, they're going to let them all out on their closest government officials. And that's the commissioners. They're going to hear about it. And if they don't solve that situation, I don't think I would want to be a county commissioner on the next ballot. 
So what is this not? Because I think people have so many misconceptions that, that, you know, you guys don't really want to leave Oregon, but this has been going on for years and decades where you're, you've been losing your voice in rural Oregon over and over and over again. And now stuff is being legislated that people are just so fed up and frustrated. And I think the media tries to paint this out as like a alt-right, you know, like they always do. Everything's alt-right or something mm-hmm. like that. This mm-hmm. is there's a lot of Democrats in rural Oregon that aren't very happy right now. This has this isn't a party issue. This is people not being listened to. Well, correct, Rick. This is this is not a political issue. This is a values issue. And the values of rural Oregon folks are different than that of Northwest Oregon, where it's an urban society, more or less up there. Um, We don't blame uh, the legislators of Northwest Oregon for some of the, the laws that they're trying to put into place because it solves problems in Northwest Oregon. But it, it has an effect on us in rural Oregon, too. So this talk about rural Oregon being part of Idaho goes all the way back to right after the Civil War. That It was still talked about then when Canyon City and John Day um, had more population than Portland. And there was a, a fear that John Day and Canyon City would become the, 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 the state's um, government. That's where the capital would be. And they say, well, let them go and live with, you know, let them go be part of Idaho. And if we take and look at this, the Oregon territories in the beginning was Idaho, Oregon, Washington, and part of Montana. Washington picked out what they wanted. Oregon picked out what they wanted. Montana picked out what they wanted. And Idaho was left with the rest of us. But we were all one group at that time. So, so, our, so you know, our our board, borders are arbitrary. They're not cast in stone. They can be adjusted with it. And usually that, they're adjusted so that like people live in the same state. So do you, um, so this basically would take, now with Coos County out, it would take basically from Eugene, south of Eugene, um, of mm-hmm. Lane County, down um, over Gold Beach. Then it would go not bend, but everything past bend to the to the right, and then up. So basically, everything out of the Willamette Valley and bend would would be in the in Oregon, and maybe Coos County if they don't do the same thing that that uh, Crook County is doing, and everything else. And there's about eight hundred thousand people that would be moved into Idaho. So it's not a ton of people; it's a lot of land that Oregon's not going to want to give up. It's it's seventy one percent of the land, but only 21% of the people. Whereas 78%, excuse me, 78% of the people are in 21% of the land in Northwest Oregon. So um, adding rural Oregon to Idaho would make Idaho the third largest state in the union in area wise, only behind Alaska and Texas in Texas. So, um, Normally, you know, the borderline between states is along rivers. Oregon and Washington, the Columbia River. Oregon and Idaho, the Snake River. So our our logical movement of the border was to move it west 
to the Deschutes River. And so it starts at the Deschutes, where it dumps into the Columbia, comes all the way south, goes out around Bend, because we believe that Oregon would not want to lose Bend. Oregon is becoming the the Portland of, of Central Oregon. It is, you know, it's become an urban type city. Once it gets past us in Lapine, it heads straight to the ocean along the southern border of Lane County. Now, all so of a I, sudden, if, if this, this border comes into play, Idaho would be no longer a landlocked state. So Mike, It would have ocean front. Mike, what do you say to Kathy Campbell here says it's absolutely absurd. Leave things alone. I, you know, I would say I'm, I'm a born and raised Oregonian. 74 years I've lived in this state. The only time I've lived out of it is during my military service during Vietnam with it. And I came back home and I love Oregon. I love the land. But right now, our representatives from central, eastern, southern Oregon, conservative representatives are not being listened to in the Oregon legislature. They haven't for 20 years. People say, well, why don't you put these efforts into trying to adjust that mix to get it more balanced out? We have tried it. We are continuing to try it. But Einstein said doing something the same way every time and expecting a different result is insanity. And right now we're saying, let's think outside the box. Let's see what what can we do to improve the situation. Um, Sherry, sorry, Cottage Grove is in the Willamette Valley part. It's north up. I'm looking at the questions that are coming up on your screen. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm frustrated. I, I know that there's, I've talked to ranchers in Eastern Oregon. They say, we're so fed up with this. We're ready to pick up our guns. And th that frustration is out there. And I know that, that some of the people who live in the Willamette Valley, the folks that are in the urban part of the state, probably don't understand all of that. But yeah. our ability to sit down and talk across the aisle anymore is almost gone away. Yeah. I remember visiting Rome and Jordan Valley, Oregon, oh, 15, 20 years ago. And I asked a guy, um, you know, who the governor of Oregon was. And he said, I, I don't know. We don't pay attention to Oregon. We pay attention. We get everything from Boise. We do everything from Idaho. Um, we haven't been listened to mm -hmm. in there. And so I hope that the message that people get from this, too, is um, you know, for, for a long time, redistricting has been done um, in the Willamette Valley, and we've we've cheated and and drawn lines that make it unfair. So and, and what I think people don't quite understand, and I hope that they grasp from this, is when you cheat in the in the valley, it's it affects you guys too. So the entire state has been this state has been redistricted through the valley because where all the people are. And that is now having an impact and has had an impact on rural Oregon in a big, huge way. And now it's all coming to roost. So I hope that people also understand the big issue in September is going to be that redistricting. And we're going to do a bunch of shows on that to let people know what it is, because we have to be involved in this, because here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter if it's right or left, but we need to be a state of fairness of people not mm -hmm. cheating to get ahead, but a fair state where everybody has a say. And, and then 
whatever wins, wins. But when you stack the deck against a whole bunch of people, that is not fairness. That is not Oregon. And that's why a lot of people in rural Oregon are going, we're desperate. This is something we're looking at. Uh, you know, it, it, it provides a couple of side benefits to, you know, in addition to the desire, the goal is to move the border. The goal is to put rural Oregon part of Idaho. But it sends a message to the legislature that you have got a problem in rural Oregon, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And besides that, it brings hope to some people who are, are, are hopeless that the situation can never change. It can change. This world is changing. This country is changing rapidly. And I don't have a crystal ball to see what it's like, but we are stepping out there and we're putting our foot forward and saying, here is a possible solution. If you don't like it, let's sit down and talk about it. Let's right. come up with a solution. Timothy so, Baker says, you know, Rick, Rick doesn't stir anything up. All he does is point things out. Did somebody say I'm stirring things up? Oh, that, <laughs> is, that brings a tear to my eye. We need to be stirred up. I think that's the weirdest comment people make sometimes is you're just stirring the shit or something like that. You know, and it's like, no, what? Because we talk about things that uh, are frustrating other people, that that's stirring things up. Good Lord. Put on your big boy, big girl, big person pants and let's let's have a conversation here. Change the mindset of you know, an area that's population is higher than the rest of the state. Answer. Talk to that, Mike. Katie has an idea. She says, change the mindset of an area that's populated, population is higher than the rest of the state. So change Portland and Eugene and Salem's um, mind. And, and you've been trying to do that. Right. It's it's an education process. You know, if, if I ever have an opportunity to speak to the Oregon legislature, two months ago, I had the opportunity to speak to the Idaho legislature, a third of them. And their response was, we would like to look into this too. And that's the whole idea. But you know, what, what has happened over the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, the ability to sit down, to talk together, to choose to disagree, to discuss issues has gone away. It becomes a name calling thing like, Rick, you're stirring things up type right. stuff. Well, of course, but it, it's important things to talk about. So why aren't we talking about it? And so that's what we're doing. We're pushing the envelope. We're sending the message. We're you know, on the phone talking to our legislatures saying, can we get a committee going? Can we get it discussing what's going on here? Besides, what happened in 1776 was taxes without legislation which we have now, we don't have representation for those taxes. They pass them when they want to pass them. And unjust laws, the laws that are being passed out of Portland affect us and they're unjust. Now, I the last time you did meet with Idaho there, but there are people, I read some articles where there's, there's, some, there's some pushback from people in Idaho. They're not all super excited. I, my wife and I were there recently and we just said we were from Oregon and they go, what are you doing? Are you going to move here? And I said, I don't know why. And they said, cause don't bring your politics. If you're from Oregon, <laughs> it was well, like, hey, we both looked, wow. 
what do we what do we think of in Oregon when we talk to people from California that are coming up this way? You know, we have a tendency to put people in boxes based on where they came from. I know I, there's a lot of great people out of out of California that are trying to get away from their stuff up there with it. But yeah, I, I think the fear in Idaho is that the 873,000 Oregonians that would become Idahoans would take and try to take over and change the vote of their state and change what the way they do things. That is by far, the that is the farthest thing away from it at all. We don't want to change anything in Idaho. We want to come alongside and support those conservative values and maintain them and keep them. We're not, you know, that that's our biggest issue is faith, family, freedom, independence. Don't tell me I have to live under the rule of everything that comes out of this out of this Salem legislature. Wrong. Now, Shannon, I don't. Shannon, Shannon Vasquez says, what happens if you become Idaho and then it swings Democratic in the future? Another border move? Why not just move yourself? Again, you know, a, a lot of us are tied to where we live. We have our families here close to us. We have, live on the land. But we're taking it, you know, the 873,000 rural Oregonians, over two-thirds of them voted conservative. They're sending, so that if you figure that out, that's a half a million conservative voters coming alongside um, Idaho conservative voters to maintain that, that conservative uh, values. There is no utopian state in the United States, but there are some states that are better with conservative traditional values, and Idaho is one of those, probably the top one out there, and we want to be part of it. So, so what's the next move? So Crook County is going to be looking at this and um, all the way somewhere up in the top there. I don't think you saw it, Mike. Somebody from Jackson County said, Mike, are you guys going to be coming down here? So you might want to contact them later. Um, and, and so this is not about moving to Idaho. Hi, Kelly. Yeah, it's then move to Idaho. I, I think what people don't understand or is it's, it's I, I think this is the whole part that's a little frustrating. Um, is your families have been there for generations on these farms, a lot of people in rural mm -hmm. Oregon. So they are rural Oregon. They don't want to leave. But I, I guess what I wonder, I, and maybe this is more than my job, I don't know. I guess it's my show, I can do what I want. But I wonder, can we put ourselves in other people's place? What would it feel like to be here for generations, your family for generations in a land and then a bunch of people that have been here less than that uh, come in and begin to change the state. And if it was fair and you had the ability to get your ideas before the Oregon legislature so that things would change together, that might be okay. But what's happening is for 20, 25, 30 years, ideas have just been rammed down rural Oregon's throat and you're the original Oregonians and you feel like you're losing, you've lost your state. So I, I wonder if people who are on the, in the Valley could put themselves there in that position for a, a moment and say, wow, how would that feel? Um, and then when I think, you know, and Kelly, I'm not trying to pick on you, but when people then say, well, just move to Idaho, um, that isn't the point. 
Um, you people came here in the valley and started changing and 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 the legislature and secretary of states from a past have, have cheated and drawn the line so that only one idea um, is, is one ideology, no libertarian ideology, no other ideology is in there and people are frustrated. So this is to me as a cry for help, a cry for something, but it's not about that you don't love Oregon and that you want to leave Oregon. It's that for decades, you have no voice. So if we could all in Oregon put ourselves in that position and think, what would that feel like if no one listened to me? It, you know, Rick, it, it is, I was born and raised outside of Portland. I spent 30 years in agriculture in, in the Willamette Valley. And I'm watching what's going on up in Portland continually. That That's a sign of, of frustration. That, that's that change. That's that people coming in and changing, and we have no voice to it. I tell you what, what if Oregon, all of Oregon became like Portland and whatnot with riots and, and destruction and everything else going on? That was the most beautiful city in the United States at one time. And it's got a big black eye, and I'm not talking colors. It's got a big black eye from what's going on. I don't want to see that in the rest of Oregon. That's my Oregon too. But when so I compare, I, go ahead. Let me ask you, Sean says, and this is a great question because I've been wanting to get to this. This would take Idaho agreeing to take on extra population and Congress would have to okay it. Does annexation cost a lot of money and is Idaho willing to pay that? We have, people have been brainwashed in Oregon when, you know, I get into this discussion of, okay, well, what about the Oregon State facilities that are in rural Oregon and the equipment, the road equipment, and all these type of things there? How much is that going to cost, and is Idaho willing to pay for it? Let me tell you, folks, you own Oregon. Oregon does not own this state. You own it, and you better take a hold of it. And you better start looking at what's burning down in these forests and how they're treating it and everything, because they're just hired and elected to take care of what you own. It's not theirs. It is ours. And we're starting to have a problem with that. Okay. Is there going to be an expense? Probably in there. Do I know what that amount is? I don't know. But this is just the opening gambit. This is just starting those dis those discussions to see how this might work out and all. Um, you know, so I, Kelly, Kelly, I don't have a problem with Kelly. I don't have a problem with what Kelly's saying. I, I've been in, in, in official positions in the nursery business and agriculture and stuff in the state on it. I've never run for office there. And that's not been my goal. Every one of us in this movement is a volunteer. This started in a pizza place in rural Oregon about what can we do to change what's going on and the path that the legislature has taken us down. Kelly, let so, me answer your question right there. You say go run for office and change things you don't like. I think they, the, the problem is there's more representation in the valley. So you can have all the representation. They vote people in in the eastern section and southern sections of Oregon. Those people go to Salem and because of the way that redistricting has been done, and I really, Kelly, would ask you to go educate yourself on this. 
Uh, the way that it's been redistricted, it's unfair. And it's the lines have been drawn in Portland alone. Here's the metro area. You're supposed to be in areas of common interest when they when they make you in, into a redistricting, when they district you for the House and Senate districts. There's 18 arms that reach from rural Oregon areas and into Portland so that Portland basically shoves out anybody in the rural areas kind of ideas. It all becomes about Portland or Eugene or Salem. And you can go and look. That's how it's drawn up. And that's what's coming up. If we could get that straightened up and fair, then maybe your idea would work because then you could go in and run for office. But right now, there's not a snowball's chance in hell. We have a super majority in Oregon. And I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, and I can give a damn about either one um, in terms of party. But what we need is to have balance in this state. And that's what's been out of whack. Um, and that's so, Kelly, I, I appreciate your questions. Um, they do have room to complain because I hope you will take the time to go look at that and really try to understand what it is we're talking about, because it's really easy to be in the minority or the majority and everything is going your way. But in a fair state, a state like Oregon used to be, um, there's there shouldn't be. You know, when you when you when you come up with a negotiation, both sides should not be completely happy. And uh, that's how a good negotiation works. But that's not how it happens in Oregon. One party runs the one ideology runs the entire state and that needs to stop. And it's not. So that's why these folks are frustrated. So I hope you understand that. I hope I'm not trying to you know pick on you, but I just I want you to understand when you say why then you, you have no room to complain because he hasn't run for office. It wouldn't do him any good. He lives in rural Oregon. They already have people that represent their ideas. It's what's happening in the valley that is making it so that they have no voice. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, hey, Mike. Rick, so Rick, I want to let you know that just because we're, we're pushing to readjust the border to become under Idaho's governance, I'm not giving up on trying to get that balance in right. Oregon. I, I am not giving up. I have voted since I've been 18 years old in the Oregon, even when I was away in the military. I voted in what's going on here. I had the opportunity to live anywhere in the United States when I got out of the service. I want to come back home to Oregon. And the Oregon of those days, of course, is gone. And, and we'll never see it again with it. But those traditional values that, that many of us hold dear to our heart, and it may be the difference in age of, of somebody who's seen those values and how great they were and stuff, and then to watch it just erode in, in, in like what's happening in Portland. We don't want that over here. We don't. Um, you know, keep it on the other side of the Cascades with it. But we're not going to stop fighting for a better Oregon. We're just looking outside the box at another option that's out there. And, you know, I think the good thing, Mike, and I think this is what kind of scares people sometimes, which I have no, I, I do not understand at all. And I hope I never do is conversation is good. And I don't know why it's so scary. Like when someone says I'm stirring the shit, it's like, I don't know why it's so scary to bring up things that make us uncomfortable. Good God. This is life. I guess when you, you know, it, it's it's like and and if this has been going on for this long, if we don't talk about it as a state, 
Um, we're, we're never going to get anywhere. And people have to stop talking, listen to each other. Good God. And find out what happened. And I think if this gets the conversation going and never happens, maybe that doesn't matter. But if you're in fact, I know most people in rural Oregon, if the if the tides could change and we could redistrict and you could have fair representation, you would never even bring this up and even want to move the border. That's not what it's all about. I agree with you, Rick. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, you know, this is this is not a movement just taking place in Oregon. It's taking place in other states. It's taking place in other countries. It's taking place in Russia because we've had that film crew over here. And I asked that reporter, I says, who controls Russia? And he goes, Moscow. And I said, started to ask him another question. He says, but Moscow is not Russia. Who controls Oregon? Portland. But Portland is not Oregon. It, right. it controls the whole state. And right. so it, it, it's happening everywhere whether it's Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Texas, um, it's an issue. And, and the, the answer is sitting down and talking to people, just like you say, right. Rick. We've got Macy, to open these discussions up. And Macy, I hope I'm saying your name right. And if I am not, I'm sorry. I'm trying really hard to do that. You are 100% right. I saw somebody up there and I didn't put it up there because I didn't want to have that in. We shouldn't be calling each other liberals, conservatives, right alt, um, white supremacists, no. racists. I'm so sick of being labeled by people who just throw out a word. I call those people e-racists. There's a lot of e-racists in our state who are trying to stop the conversation by trying to control it. And you can't, if you don't want them to do that to you, you can't do it to Macy either. Um, you, you know, she should be, and I'm guessing here, I'm just guessing, but I, you should be part of this conversation as well. And you're right. That isn't fair, um, at all. So Mike, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, but thank you and keep in touch with me. Let people know. Um, I think you got a good conversation going here and at least, you know, the one thing I do know is whether you're in Portland or in rural Oregon or Eugene or Salem, we all love Oregon. We just have to make sure that we're all fairly represented. And that's going to be a topic in September that I'm going to grind. I'm going to stir that shit as much as I want to, because that's the answer to the problem. <laughs> so we will be shit stirring in September. If you don't want to talk about redistricting, you probably don't want to watch. Michael, thank you very much for being with me. Hey, Rick, thank you. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you and to see what the comments are like, too. Yeah, go back and you can answer them when you go through. You can if people have comments and you want to answer them, you can. Thanks, buddy. All right, you guys, that's how it works. Um, yeah, um, if you think that we shouldn't be talking and having a conversation, you are in the wrong place. And if you're if you're calling people trolls, um, you probably need to stop that. It doesn't get us anywhere. Um, let people say what they need to say, and you can disagree with it, but stick to the issues, um, not the personality. God, I'm so tired of people doing that. The name calling has to stop. God, please. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just absolutely stop the Republican drive. Kelly, come on. You know, how does that help? How does that help? You Have you ever been to rural Oregon? There's not it's not a big Republican area. 
I ran for office there when I was a Republican and I'm nothing right now. And I've been a Democrat too. And I finally learned all parties suck. But this, this isn't a Republican problem. It isn't a Democrat problem. This is a problem in the state of Oregon. It is a problem with a supermajority. And there should never be a supermajority, whether that's Democrat, Republican, or independent um, ever. But that stopped the Republican drive. That that's super helpful. Way to way to throw that in there for a great conversation piece. How does that help? How does that help? Makes you feel better and just picks a bigger divide. This should be bipartisan. What? That's what you're doing. This should be bipartisan. Oh, it's, that's not what I'm doing. That's what you think that I'm doing because you want to stop the Republican drive. These are a bunch of people in rural Oregon who want a voice. That's what it is. And some of them are Republican, some of them are Democrat, and probably a lot of them are like me, a non-affiliated voter. So whatever. Um, that's what you want to say. What the heck is a Republican drive? I don't know. I don't know what it, maybe it's a, a Lincoln Continental. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know and, and they say I have conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I'm a conspiracy theorist. Kelly, you can join me right there. You're a theorist. All right, you guys, have a good night. Again, we want to thank Buck Sanitary Service for providing the funding for the show. Um, they do believe that conversation is good, like I do. And, uh, and that's what we're going to keep doing, no matter who is offended. Um, so that is not going to stop us. We will stir the pot. And we will offend, not purposely, but offense is a choice. If you are offended, it is your choice to be offended or not to be offended. That's how we run our show. Um, have a great night. A Republican drive is not a Prius. <laughs> Somebody put that on there. Oh, Toyota's not going to like you. Have a great night. Oh, tomorrow. So what are we doing tomorrow? Tomorrow we are going to talk about gun safety. Uh, tell you about a class I took. Um, had some death threats, so I went out and got a gun. And I wanted to learn how to use it. So a couple of Eugene police officers teach a class, an all-day class. My wife and I did it. It was really super great. We're going to talk with him tomorrow. And then Shelly Kurtz. Remember Shelly from KVAL TV? Um, we're going to be talking with Shelly Kurtz on Wednesday to kind of find out what she's up to. And then on Thursday, uh, we're going to do a really cool show on a young man who's just a, a little nipper little kid and he's having a really hard time he has leukemia and it's not he's not responding well to the medication dad lost his job and elements health club is going to help him we're going to get we're going to raise some money for him so he'll be on here with his dad uh to talk about that and that is coming up on thursday all right i'm rick dancer share this on your page if you would so other people know this is going on and um i will see you uh tomorrow have a good night bye guys Thank you.